just praise you, Lord. May your word speak to us this morning. May we respond. We just pray this in your precious name. Amen. 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 So today, I'm going to teach a little, and hopefully we can respond together to God's word. So, Acts chapter 19. Last week, we talked about walking in the Spirit, Paul in Ephesus, the baptism of John, within the baptism of Jesus, walking with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, yep. We read a good portion of that, and I had mentioned that as Paul and these 12 disciples are filled with the Spirit and under the power of the Spirit, God does amazing things and He moves in wonderful ways. Just read a little bit of this section together. I'll start in verse 17 of chapter 19. This is in Ephesus and Paul's there. So verses 11 through 17 are about miracles done through Paul in Ephesus that are absolutely incredible. And it says this, This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, that fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together, burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Note verse 20. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. What we have here is a mighty move of God in this city of Ephesus when things are changing dramatically. When you're over 40, maybe 50, sometimes you hear this phrase. When's the last time you had a physical? Like went to the doctor, right? Maybe you're encouraged by those who love you. Have you ever had a physical? And when you're under 30, you can be like, what? I don't need no physical. Even when you're under 40, when people encourage me, I'm like, no, thank you. But then as we get older, sometimes we need those little reminders. We have those aches and pains, and sometimes we don't feel incredibly healthy. And we think it might not be a bad thing once a year or once every two years to go get a checkup, right? To go see how we're doing physically. And we go to the doctor and he he checks us out and he takes our blood and he checks our heart and he asks us if there's any pain or whatever it looks like, right? And we get that clean bill of health. Or there's things we need to work on. And as I was thinking of this teaching this morning... What we have in front of us is clearly a move of God, a healthy move of God, God working in amazing ways. And it wouldn't be a bad thing 
this morning if we did a little checkup personally and corporately, going to the doctor, the Word of God, and asking him, what were some points of a healthy move of God? And in my life, am I demonstrating these things? Or as a body, and I mean not only us, because when we talk about the body of Christ, it's all the churches, right? Do we see this in ourselves here or within our town, our county, or our country? And then if we don't, We have this great opportunity in the grace of God just to seek him and ask. So my, I guess my heart this morning is I have these five points. And after each point, I just want to stop and pray together that God would help us. And open it up that we all can pray and ask the Lord to say, help us in this area. Help our country, help our church, help me, and we'll see how the Lord leads us this morning. Now, these five points aren't in any order, but I'm going to take them from verse 14 through 20. And you might be able to find five of your own, and that's perfectly fine. But just these five just stuck out to me this morning. The first one was in verse 17. If I went to the Word of God... And I was getting a checkup. It says this, It became known to the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them. And what I want you to underline or think about is it says, The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And for me to start anywhere in our spiritual lives, our spiritual corporate lives, we have to ask the question, is Jesus being magnified in our lives? It's almost like checking your heart, getting the, what is it called, the stethoscope? Is it beating? (laughs) Is it beating? Is it beating properly? Because the reality is the heart of the matter is Jesus Christ. The heart of the matter. It's not about anything else but Jesus. And the question clearly is this. Is Jesus being magnified in me? Is Jesus being magnified in the body of Christ? God has made it very clear in the book of Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus, everyone will bow on heaven and earth. Clearly in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis was people making a name for themselves. And yet God would say to us, we're to make his name known, the name of Jesus. Truly abiding in his love, truly walking with him, exalting him above ourselves or any work we do, truly it is all about Jesus. And I can speak from my personal experience in my life, and maybe you can the same, that at times, though we don't want to, subtly we can move away from magnifying Jesus. I know, because it's a challenge for me. And some things that are good become better when God is looking for us to do the best, which is magnify Jesus. 
All we do is for Him, for His glory, to proclaim His name. And I love it as God moves in Ephesus, as there's revival, as there's a healthy church, very clearly the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. It doesn't say Paul's name was magnified. It doesn't say those 12 disciples were magnified. It doesn't say the miracles were magnified. It doesn't say the structure was magnified. It says the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. This morning, we need to start with him. And we need to pray, Lord, may we always magnify your name. And actually, maybe in our prayer, we should just magnify him. Amen? So why don't we do that right now? As the Lord leads you, I'll pray. And if the Lord leads you to pray out and magnify the name of Jesus, Jesus, we just want to come in this moment and lift your name high. We want to bow our hearts in your presence. We want to let go of ourselves and truly magnify you. Lord, would you get all glory and praise this day. Just hear our praise this morning. Thanks for keeping me alive, God. I've had a couple strokes. I can't talk no more. Thank you for keeping me alive. That is a good feeling. giving us this special day and set it aside just so we can worship you. Thank you in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Lord. We worship you. You've heard your people. Jesus, be magnified. Amen. So we've checked the heart. Next time, next thing, excuse me, sometimes the doc, doctor asks, as I mentioned, is do you have any pain? And maybe when you're over 50, you're like, oh, yeah. And uh, I was thinking about pain sometimes in our lives. And sometimes it's caused by sin. So in verse 18, something very healthy in a move of God in our lives and corporately is this. It says, many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. I found in my life, and maybe you found the same thing, when I'm walking with the Lord, confession isn't a problem. It flows very easily. When I'm not walking with the Lord, sometimes openness and confession are very difficult. But it's very much a part of our relationship with God. Confessing to Him, first and foremost, right? And confessing one to another. So is that clearly in James 5, when you ask to be healed, confess your sins one to another. And even praying for our county and our town and our country, I think we need to plead for forgiveness and confess our failure. Daniel did it very well. In chapter 9 and 10, Nehemiah did it well in Nehemiah chapter 1. And if we love our country, we realize that we're way astray, right? And I think in our own lives, all of us can say that people who have impacted us haven't necessarily been perfect, but they always are quick to own up to their mistakes. Spiritually, with God, and with others. And I really believe it's walking in grace, right? Because if God forgave us, we know that. But there's something really important about confession. And it's something very difficult for us. But when God is moving in our lives, we see our sin and we confess our sin. When is the last time we've said sorry to him or to each other? It's a sign of God moving. Every great revival is marked by confession. That is just the way it is. It's not like, oh yeah, this happened and we deserved it. <laughs> it's more like God came, we realized how filthy we were, and we asked him for forgiveness. And I think it's something we need to do together for our nation, for our town. And if the Lord brings something on your heart this morning. So Lord Jesus... We want to confess our sin before you. I just think of the words of Daniel. 
We have sinned. In no way are we defending ourselves, our town, our county, our country. We ask you to forgive us. We are far from your word, Lord Jesus. We are far from you. We have allowed sin to rule and reign. And would you please forgive us? Lord, in my own life, I would ask for your forgiveness for pride, selfishness. Lord, may I become more like you. Mm-hmm. Forget to intercede for those things that are listening to our mother. For those children that are in sex process. For those who are part of the persecuted church. And even for our brothers and sisters who so desperately need our prayers at times, Lord. We put them on our hearts and we just kind of ignore the still small voice. Father, help us to. Be obedient to that voice and to pray for others, Father God, in your protection. Father, forgive us for those times when we speak out against those in authority over us, whether it be our, our prime minister, whether it be our president, <coughs> Lord. It's so easy to get caught up in condemning them. Your word says to pray for them. Your church is fall upon us. 
Thank you for your promise, Jesus, that as we confess our sin, because you are faithful, that we are forgiven. Amen. The third thing we see here in a healthy church in verse 19 is repentance and becoming more holy. It's almost like the doctor says to you, how's your movement? How are your knees? How's your walking as you get older? But let's read this verse. It says, also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. As we know, confession is very important, but we can't leave it there. We have to repent. Amen. God desires obedience. It's almost what helps movement is exercise. And maybe your doctors asked you, are you exercising? Yes, no. But Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, wrote in his word, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We are to be coming a holy people. Amen? And yes, we abide with the Lord, and yes, we can confess our sin, but Jesus said, the wise man built his house upon the rock. It is he that hears and does my word. Jesus desires obedience more than our sacrifice. He desires us to be moving in a way, no matter the cost to ourselves, 50,000 pieces of silver, I'm sure it costs some individuals quite a bit of money. And sometimes we're very slow to obey because of the cost to ourselves. But God is more concerned with our obedience than our giving. He's more concerned with our obedience to his word than pretty much anything else. And this morning, we need to be a people in personally and corporately that is listening, confessing, magnifying Jesus. But may I remind you, doing what he says. I want to tell you too, every great revival is marked by holiness. People changing their behavior and becoming more holy. It wiped out the idol industry in Ephesus. And I think for each of us in our lives, it means something different. Amen? Amen. But I think we should pray that we would be a people that obeys. That we should be a church that obeys. And we should pray for our country that it would obey God's truth. So Lord Jesus, this morning, would you hear your people as we ask you to help us to repent and turn away from what is sin? Would you give us the strength to obey and to become holy in our practice to match our position of holiness? God, help us 
to do what's right.
Jesus. Help us to obey. We pray this in your name. Amen. Fourthly, verses just 11 through 15. Mighty miracles were done for Christ when God is moving. And I'm not here to track miracles or be miracle trackers, but I'm here to tell you if God's moving in your life, you're going to see him work in ways that are beyond your ability. Right? Now, how you define that or not, that's up to you. But I'm telling you, that if God is working in your life, things will happen beyond your ability. People will be coming to know Jesus beyond our clumsy words. It'll be God who's working. God will provide provision in ways you didn't expect. God will speak to you in ways that you never could have thought of. God will confirm it through miraculous ways that we cannot even explain. I truly believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are active today. And as God moves, we will see God. And the people who don't know Jesus will see God. Because if they see us doing something special, that's okay. Everyone can do something special. But it says clearly here that all the people saw what God was doing and fear fell upon them. And I believe that God wants to work in our life. And I'm not telling you how, or we're not going to be chasing weirdness, but what we do have to ask God for is, Lord Jesus, would you work in ways that we can't work? Would you do things that we can't do? Would your Holy Spirit change people's lives? Would you bring gifts to your church for the edification that the world would know truly that you are a supernatural God. Do you know that God isn't like us? And we need to stop making him like us. God is supernatural. And we need to ask him for his supernatural help in our lives and corporately to see him work. So Lord Jesus, this day... We know all through the book of Acts, they ask that you would do mighty things for your glory, not for our glory. But people would know that you are alive. We don't serve a dead God. We serve one who cares about us, speaks to us, intercedes for us, steps into those situations that we can't solve ourselves. May we be a church that believes in you, God, a God who moves and works. And when you send your gifts and your abilities to us. Mm-hmm.
Maybe this morning you have a need that you can't solve yourself. <laughs> We're praying for this, but maybe today that's you. You you just you're at you just can't you don't know. If that's you, just I just encourage you to sign to God. Just raise your hand. No one's looking, just a sign to God. Lord Jesus, I just pray now that we would magnify your name and for your glory, that you would meet every need supernaturally by the hand raised. Lord God, may people know that you're alive. You say we can ask, and so we do now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, meet these needs for your glory. Amen. Finally, we've come to the end, but I don't know. It's a wonderful way to end in verse 20. A healthy going to the doctor spiritually. And we look at that, and what does that mean? It's our mind, right? Joe and Margie are doing that wonderful one-day conference, but we see so many minds gone astray. And sometimes even our own minds go to our own thoughts instead of God's thoughts. But I love this in verse 20. It says, so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Don't you love that? It doesn't say Paul's thoughts prevailed. It doesn't say my thoughts prevailed or your thoughts prevailed. It doesn't say the disciples' thoughts prevailed. It said the word of the Lord grew. And just even in that word, not only did it grow, it grew mightily and it was victorious. And I think over and over in the book of Acts, as you see God move, you'll see that phrase, 
that the word of the Lord grew, was multiplied, moved mightily, and prevailed. You see, it's a wonderful thing to understand that God wants to grow his truth in our mind and in our hearts. He wants us to grow and he's going to win. We live in a culture that is changing so fast. Even in the last five years, probably changing greater than it has in the last 50. So many different thoughts. But in our lives, we pray that the word of the Lord will grow and it will be victorious over every other thought. How about our church? (laughs) That the word of the Lord will grow, that we will meditate on it, that we will be changed by it, that we will hear it, that we will understand it. Oh, we need that. Amen. We need truth. Because without truth, you cannot see the lie. And here very clearly in this work of God, they saw miracles and Jesus was magnified. They confessed they were becoming holy and God's word, his truth, grew mightily in them and was victorious. His truth is always right. Not my truth, not your truth, his truth. And we need to know it, right? Just this week in hockey, I think I was telling the boys in the change room, one of the, one of the books that we can judge so quickly or think we understand and truly know very little about is the Bible. And we want to grow to understand more and more. And as I encourage you a couple weeks ago, not what commentaries say, though they're good. Not what the guy says on the sermon on the radio, though that is good. What does God's word say? And we need the Holy Spirit to enlighten us and for it to grow mightily and prevail and be victorious when we have a whole bunch of thoughts in our head. Amen? So Lord Jesus, this morning we come and we pray together that your word, not our words, not our thoughts, but that your word would grow mightily in us, in our church, in our town, in our country. Not what smart people think in our country or our town, but what you say, Jesus. Would you help us to understand there's so many mysteries within it. Would you help us not to look from our own biases Would you help us not to look from what culture tells us or what we've been taught? May we look from what you say. I pray in my life, specifically Jesus, that you will help me to understand. Forgive me for misusing, misquoting your truth. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to me, to us, about your truth.
Lord, you say in the Psalms that you've elevated your name and your word above all else. You say, how does a young man keep his way pure? How does a young woman keep her way pure? By hiding your word in our heart. It truly is a light to our path. It shows us what to do. It guides us. And once again, we would ask you, would you make us healthy? Would your word become so real to us so true to us, and would you give us a desire to know it, that we might know you? Would you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God? And we pray this in your precious name. Amen.
We're going to celebrate Jesus now and magnify Him. Randy's going to come. We're going to worship Jesus. This is a time where we could wrap it all into one. A time if there's things you need to confess. Looking at the truth of who Jesus is, our Savior. Magnifying His name. Asking Him to work in our lives. We all see this as we celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. His body and His blood. Randy's going to sing. The elements are in the back. This is our time to worship Jesus and to praise Him. Be brothers and sisters in the back if you need to pray about anything. If you don't know Jesus, I would invite you. He wants to know you. If you don't have a relationship with Him this morning, He wants a relationship with you. The communion table is open to those who believe in Him. And maybe this morning... You came in and you didn't or you were struggling, but you realized who he is. He loves you. He died for you. Just call out to him. Confess your sin. Repent. Accept him as Lord and Savior. And you will be saved. If that's not you this morning and you don't want that, communion's not for you. But if you are and you've made that decision, please celebrate the forgiveness and love of Jesus Christ. Let's worship him together.